What's up, everybody? Been a couple weeks. Rambling Viking back at it again. <sighs> let me let me explain my in and out absence. Obviously, um, I've set no real precedent with how often. I mean, I like to say at least once a week, um, but it looks like it's been every other week or every third week now. But um, we're gonna get back into it. I've had almost a weird self conscious falling out if you will or episode in in regards to podcasts here's here's it's such a weird relationship right now i love podcasts love them and i love talking oh man i can rant for days as you know my wife especially and so two reasons why i want to start a podcast i thought was very interesting not that i think i'm going to get famous or i've got some cool perspective but i but podcasts are a way to flesh out long conversations. And a lot of times I'm someone specifically who, when I talk things out and even bounce them off other people can then get my perspective lined out. And a lot of times can be like, Oh, you know, I think I'm a little bit off here and, and kind of enlighten myself a little bit to being like, Oh, here's where I'm off or here's where I'm not. And it's, and and so in, for that personal reason, I love it. But then I think all in all, we're able, we're not Podcasts have taken us away from the limited media soundbite space that is TV, where you have scheduled breaks. You have someone on for five minutes to give you surface level information. It's not, and you can't sit there and dig deeper and really talk around the nuances of the issues. And now we can do that. And I know this is kind of one sided, just me by myself, but ultimately I find it good if you can. If you can listen to reasonable people on every side of an issue and try and actually truly understand, and you know sometimes even if they're a little bit kooky for you, then it and you can try and rebuttal. Whether I mean, I'll watch videos and just sit there and rebuttal to myself. Now it's not the best because they can't come back at me, and we. But I, but I then am kind of practicing a little bit, um, talking things out and working through ideas. So I think it's really beneficial. But I had this weird instance, and I don't know if it's stemming from just a lack of motivation or, uh, you know, not really being sure what I should talk about because there's so much going on or, um, a worry that some people may not like what I have to say because these controversial topics, but here's the funny thing. My favorite class in college, one of them was, uh, contemporary moral problems. And we talked about all these hard issues because you know why no one ever really talked about them. I really liked to talk about them, especially not my friends. So I was then able, this was an instance where I was, oh, snap, I'm able to talk about these things. How awesome is that? And now I'm sitting here in an instance where it's literally me talking into a microphone, going onto the internet where five of you listen, which by the way, love my listeners. You guys are awesome. Seriously. And I appreciate that you listen to little old me and whether you're doing it out of pity or you're actually interested? I really, really do appreciate it. Um, I'll figure out a way to show you guys some love sometime. Um, if you guys either tweeted me or sent me emails, which to be honest, haven't checked. So if you have, I'll check after this. And I'm sorry if you have and I ha- just haven't seen them. Um, and, and and get a little interaction going uh, on any topic I've really talked about. Um, you know, I, I can probably formulate a way to show you guys some love but then then this can be more of a conversation base so that's ultimately what i'd like the goal to be but um that's my way too long rant about where i've been and uh, i'm sorry if you're if you're if i'm losing you here so i'm gonna get into it then basically what we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about abortion 
Um, very, very tough topic. One that's re, uh, resurfaced in the news cycle and the topic, uh, in all honesty, from my perspective, I, I saw this as kind of things had settled and the cause was set or lost, you know, however you want to look at it. Um, for me, um, talk, I'm going to get into my person. First of all, I'm going to give you guys my personal view and then we'll kind of get into just generally talking about it so you can understand that where my, um, what is the word inevitable, um, bias will creep into obviously what I think, but, and I think we all don't need to feel bad about that, but just understand it. And if we can understand it, but however, I don't want to give it too much weight and just say, well, he just, that's just his perspective. Cause he believes this. Well, yeah, that's how that works. And you believe that I'm sure for some reasons or based on some life experience. So let's not discredit it so much. Cause that's something I have a problem with is discrediting specifically if you haven't guessed, I'm a straight white male and I am recently married and I plan to have kids someday. Um, if you are, so there's that, but I do take small petty issue to when I try and talk about something, someone says, well, of course you would think that you're privileged or straight white male. So that's why you think that. And, and they basically say, I think that because I'm in this almost oppressor position or this speaking from a pedestal and don't give me any credit that I've maybe thought this out and tried to empathize with those who disagree or those who are coming from another perspective and try and truly understand and see things from their side. And that's what really annoys me the most is that that undermines everything I've been saying. That undermines me and I'm just trying to have a conversation and it doesn't help the conversation. It just causes resentment between me and then you're already showing resentment to me. So I know that's probably not my listeners and that's not really what you cared about, but I just wanted to you know, make that, make that known and maybe just make a little bit of a plea of just listen and have a conversation just because someone disagrees with you. And even if you do think, wow, that's a radical position or you're living in the dark ages, why not try and bring them out of the dark ages as opposed to shut them off and say, man, you're living in the dark ages. So if you haven't been able to guess, uh, I am on the pro-life or as I like to call it, anti-abortion position. Um, I am a Christian and uh, I fall into conservative um, beliefs. However, I'm a very open-minded individual and um, I don't sit there and say, well, you, you know, you're just ridiculous. This is the correct way. I think you need the conservative and you need the, the liberal side of things and you need every, every side of that argument because it balances everybody out. I mean, look at our government and the way it's set up checks and balances to prevent tyranny through total control and um total power. And, you know, it's, I think it's kind of the same way is because not necessarily one is more correct than the other. I think when you get into the extremes, you can obviously find problems such as the far right, you can find problems, but then the, you know, you get into the far left and so you find problems, but if you can live somewhat in the middle and, 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 you know, talk to people on the other side, it's pretty amicable. And, I think you can kind of get through and get along with stuff. Um, you know, it's hilarious. I just realized it's July and I was going to do um, topic on pride month, pride in general, LGBTQ um, and talk about that stuff because of pride month. Well, I'll talk about it anyways in some time, but my, my personal beliefs first and foremost, life begins at conception um, prior to conception. It's not life. They are gametes. They are half 
of what makes up life. Conception happens and you have the essence. You have a human at its most base form, a zygote, a single celled organism, but it has all the DNA and contains everything it needs to be a fully developed, grown human. Thus, it is human. Which means, which then leads, which is really the biggest point of contention in the entire abortion argument, no matter what side you fall on. Which means, I believe, abortion at any point is not just wrong, morally, but given the fact that that is a human and innocent human life, an individual human life, that it is murder. And I used to hate how people would sit there and say abortion is murder. I just don't like how they will go and hold up a sign. But I think, so I'm obviously a member of live action um, recently, and, and I'm not always for all of their tactics, but I do agree with it because I think this is definitely one of those topics where um, a lot of times you try and engage and talk about it and people shut down because they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to face it, which to me brings more, brings more truth to power on, you know, the, anti-abortion side of the argument just because it's saying it is something you know that i think is not fun to talk about not fun to look at or think about or see pictures or whatever or talk about the process because it is brutal and i think there's an intrinsic part of us that even if we don't maybe believe that's alive we still don't believe this is some sort of fun go lucky or oh i'm just pulling a tooth type exercise and that's you know and I sympathize. And if I was, if I was a crier, you know, I would probably cry a little bit more when I thought about it. Because when you truly understand that that's what it is, like going back to, I don't, you know, I don't like how they say abortion is murder. But then I'm, the more I've thought about it, look, you know, listened to things about it, and looked at every side of thing, I'm just like, no, it absolutely is. I, I have to. If you say that's a human in there, an individual, innocent human. And you're taking their life for what I would call flippant or convenient reasons for the most part. Then, you know, that's absolutely murder. That Morally, that's no different than me going to my neighbor and, you know, shooting him in the head or stabbing him to death. I don't know, whatever, you know, but killing him. I am using my autonomy and... And going over and infringing on upon his autonomy and ultimately his life. So that's where that's where I stand on things. I, I think it's not right at any point. Um, and it it honestly breaks my heart to hear about all the abortions that happen and how so many people think it's just absolutely okay because that's just that's just mass murder on a grand scale. Um, and that's, that's something that's honestly something I've kind of realized where it used to be like, oh man, that really sucks. Like I'm, I'm against it though. And at one point I was almost for it because I was, people were coming to me saying, you know, it's a woman's right. And what if she gets raped? And I didn't really have an answer to it. But then, you know, I, at more and more as I talked about it and thought about it, I realized innocent life taking in this instance is not right. Any way you look at it. Um, Obviously, there are times where um, my wife's old youth pastor, I mean, her, uh, wait, my wife's old youth pastor, his wife died from giving birth to their child. 
And, you know, that's, that's a time where a lot of people say it's okay, you know, to, because you're trying to save the life, but you know, as a parent, it's like, I can't even imagine trying to make that decision. So I'm not even going to kind of, you know, touch that necessarily. Um, because what I find is while people try and play the side of, you know, oh, it's, well, what about people who get raped? What about, you know, your life's in danger or something like that? You know, the fetus, there's instances where the fetus poisons the mom. Well, it's not, it's then not an abortion. That's a, that's a rescue mission and figuring out some way to do that. And my, my, I guess my other big issue with this all is, is medic medicine has advanced so far. That we've seen, we've seen like babies, preemies born. I don't know what the earliest preemie is. Let me see if I can Google this. Um, and oh crap, don't. Twenty-one weeks and five days. Wow. And the first record holder of that was in 1987. So 21 weeks, for those of you, that's just over five months. So that's, you just crossed the halfway point. And they are able to survive. So I look at that and I say, first of all, as a doctor with the Hippocratic Oath, and you say, I'm here to protect life, really no matter what. And when we have the medical, we definitely have the medical technology and I mean, I know the survival rate plummets at that point, but you have the medical technology to carry that baby. It's like, or to, you know, birth that baby at that point and it survive. It's like, why would you not just obviously try and take that route? Now, kind of getting into the meat of things, I guess the biggest biggest point of contention if you really look at it you kind of take away because i can't get into every single little side of the argument here obviously but that's really the biggest point of contention is people say well uh, first of all they'll call me anti-woman which is completely asinine that those things are being related i'm trying to save babies out here and you're telling me i'm against women because i'm forcing women into a terrible terrible position first of all that pisses me off um, and people might say, well, and because it's an, it's an instigative way to approach this subject, but I guess, you know, that's ultimately what you believe is you should believe a, because what does that come back to? Well, it comes back to, they, they call it a fetus. They don't believe it's human life until it's quote unquote viable outside the womb. But now we're seeing certain instances where first of all, failed abortions, they're not having to try and keep those babies lives. They're. Failed abortion, meaning the baby is birthed and they couldn't kill it. And they're like, well, we're just going to let it die. Infanticide. Because now it's meeting the qualification of being outside the womb. This has gotten off the rails so fast, guys. But I'm just going to keep going. We're just going to keep rolling with this. Try to have some structure with it. You can obviously tell I'm very passionate about it. Now, let me just come back to, I'm going to need to keep coming back to the reason I get passionate is A, I am just passionate. B, when I, you have to understand the, the fundamental belief, which I um, see is grounded more in science than uh, the other side of things because it's so arbitrary and you can't get a hard line or a good point on that. 
on 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 the other side is that this is a this is a human life. It meets what I would call the basic fundamental qualifications to be a human life. It has a correct DNA, um, which I think ultimately is really what it needs. It has a correct DNA, and it has at least one cell with that DNA that is functioning to reproduce and then produce stem cells, which then get allocated to certain different kinds of cells. Um, I was going to bring up all the states, and 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 that's what I believe in. So. Try and empathize here. If you if you disagree with me and you don't think it's a human life yet, just understand that the passion comes from a place of try and put yourself in my shoes. If I thought this was a human life, I would absolutely, you know, would you not try and be this passionate about things? Or would you not be this passionate about things? Because essentially you're sitting there witnessing all this murder take place. And so you're trying to stop it. Because these are innocent children. That are being killed. And so that's that's where this comes from. But just to give you a little bit of background there. So the this resurgence kind of looping back to the scenarios uh, stemming from some states who are passing these um, these abortion laws. Uh And like specifically, well, first of all, Alabama, which is just full, full on shutting it down. But then you have Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, Missouri, Kentucky and Ohio passing um, the heartbeat bill, which means six to eight weeks um, after that. You can't do it. Meaning, meaning once it has a heartbeat, which is kind of I'll be honest, it was kind of a clever way to do it, because usually most women don't know they're pregnant until around six weeks. So then it's like at that point, it's too late. So you'd have to somehow find out before six weeks and then get it happen. So it's a, it's it's an essentially a full ban. And then I guess you have um, Arkansas and Utah passing them for um, 18 to 22 weeks, nothing prior to that. So, um, yeah, that's what's, that's what's kind of happened. Now, those aren't technically going into law, but essentially what this is is a plan to try and – uh, then send send the cases to the Supreme Court and have reevaluate Roe v. Wade, which, from my understanding, states the woman's right to privacy, which then extends to the fact that okay, you can go and have an abortion. Um, and that's what they're essentially fighting for. But trying to get back to the root of this issue, I guess fleshing it out is what do we see? We see two sides, right? See one side. Their kind of claim is that they are pro-woman and uh, reproductive rights, as they call it. And then they will a lot of times attack the other side and say, you're just trying to force women into pregnancy. And I know these are straw men, but I'm just kind of trying to give a, a general idea of it where it's at. I'm not going to sit here and be like, these are the arguments. Here's why. Here's where they're wrong. I mean, I kind of will be. Whatever. We're going to get into it. But and. and Recently, that's what I've heard a lot of is um, then they will they'll, they'll kind of come at you and say, well, you know, you're just trying to force them to do this. You you actually if you actually cared about adoption, you would adopt people and do this and that. And I'm like, well, and just calling them out and then they start citing statistics about how adoption is so bad. And I'm like, and then it comes back to like that from when, when they come at when when I've seen that angle, when I say they come at me, nobody's come at me about that. But when I see that angle of things. Um, 
I when I see that angle, sorry, train of thought went down, got a little burpy. When I see that angle, I um, simply come back to the fact, well, that point aside, I believe this is an innocent human life that has a right to life just as anything else. I don't see it as a fetus. And so that's where the point of contention comes back to. So you can sit there and berate me on whether I, I mean, honestly, whether I do care about adoption or whatnot is irrelevant in that instance, because that's the ultimate point of contention. And the other side, that's really kind of where we, where we stand on things is obviously I think adoption. And I think the bigger issue and bigger picture issue around all of this is getting control on the sexual craze in our country. Meaning meaning the, this this crazy culmination of culture breakdown that's happened over the last 30 40 years where it's we want to be able to do the act that is the essential act for reproduction as much as we want with as many people as we want and be able to not possibly suffer any of the consequences or take proper precautions um, and, and risks. And, and then what I've seen is what's funny is I, I used to kind of, I, I don't try and cite abstinence because for most people they will sit there and say, well, that's unreasonable. But um, plenty of people have done it. Yes, it's very rare. But is that because people can't do it? Or is it because we live in a culture that makes it really, really hard to do it? Because it's normalized sex so much. And I understand that's kind of a losing battle ultimately. But nonetheless, really why I keep it on the table as an option is because I say, I say this. is That's fine. But you need to be fully willing to accept the potential consequences of your actions, whatever they may be. And that is a very real, if you want to call it this, risk to having sex is the potential for pregnancy, even if you're using protection. And that's what I really hate to hear is when people start citing, well, you know, what if the birth control fails or they don't have access to birth control, which I honestly don't really buy that much. I don't I don't buy into the not having access. I'm sure there are people that legitimately have a struggle to have access. Um, but I, sh- I, I think that's hard because <laughs> there's so many places that you can get uh, condoms are cheap. The pill, yes, is a little bit more expensive, but they have cheaper versions of the pill and it doesn't work as good. But that's just part of the, the what I would call, I don't even know, the, the life contract that you have to understand going into life the, the risk of the action and it's fine to normalize sexual activity, but I think we, we, what we've gotten away from is looking at, okay, yes, sexual activity is totally, you know, can be normal, but this does mean that the risk of pregnancy then skyrockets, even if you're doing it right. You have to understand that no matter what, engaging in this act 100% increases increases the chances by 100% essentially that you could get pregnant versus if you're not doing the act. Now, coming back to Christian conservative, I hold the very, um, my value stand in point of, I believe in being a virgin until you're married. And I'll be full disclosure. I did not live up to that standard myself. I attempted, but failed. Um, and that's because I wasn't according to my standards living, living right at a time in my life. And 
it's something I don't feel great about. I'm not proud of. Um, but that's that's how it is. And you can parade me and call me call me a hypocrite, but don't we live? Is is isn't that what we do so much of? Is we spend so much time, we say, do as I say, not not as I do, because we all essentially fall short of the the standards that we try and set for ourselves. But then we always impress on to the next generation, do better than us, do better than us. And so while I can understand why you say, well, you're a hypocrite and trying to hold people to a standard you can even live up to. Yes, because I believe that there is potential for the next person coming up to be better, to be better. Maybe. And yes, I know I'm an optimist and I'm, and I'm a lost hopeful, but that's just, that's just where I stand on things. So anyways, that being said, I believe that marriage is confined within, uh, should be confined within marriage. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Sex is, is is proper places within the confines of marriage. However, I don't think you're a totally lost soul if you've, you know, bought into um, sex outside of marriage. However, coming back to the culture breakdown point. So moving one step further from what I was just talking about with where abstinence, you know, is supposedly seen as unreasonable. The next thing that I would say within that is, you know, we're going to be open to people being sexually active, a be properly educated. Now here's, here's something that I definitely, definitely hate hearing as well. It wasn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't know we were just kids and nobody ever taught us. And I do think that's a failure there, a failure to impress because so much, especially in the Christian community, we see sex is bad, don't have sex. And you should say sex is beautiful. However, it is so, so beautiful. It needs to remain within marriage. Now, something I can get into in another episode is talking about, oh, I guess I will. I will eventually talk about marriage and exactly marriage in the religious sense, which I think is the original sense versus the legal sense. And then actually how engaging in sex with someone essentially marries you to that person. Um, but that's very convoluted, deep conversation that I don't even know if I can fully flesh out in an understanding way. So back to the topic of hand, but anyways, they, so understanding the risks properly is, is what I should say is saying that, look, I can very well get pregnant and be prepared for that. And then more so for the guy than the girl, but saying, all right, I'm engaging in this act. And Look, I understand we are people and we are just greedy and, you know, it, sex feels amazing. And so it's just like we're we're going to give in when we're not. We're going to do things and not think about this. But as much as we can think about this, I will say this. I did make a pact that I said if I was if I ever broke my abstinence and say for whatever reason I got a girl pregnant and we weren't married, I was going to commit and I was going to have to marry that girl. Not so much for the sake of me or the girl. But for the sake of the child, that is my child, just as much as her child. And I fundamentally believe in the power of coming up in a good, strong family, um, family unit, family household. And you have a mom, you have a dad. And, and I definitely believe that, say it's somebody who's like, man, I don't really think this is the person I, my first choice for marriage, but you can ultimately, that's the thing. The beautiful thing is you can grow and you can come to truly love and understand and build a working relationship for that person or for that, for that child. So I think that's the second step is taking responsibility for your actions. So we live in a time where it's like, if we see all these guys and all these uh, really, this is a call to you guys. Like if you're going to be doing this, I mean, I had friends who talked about like, if they ever got a girl pregnant, like they had a, 
evacuation plan, if you will, where they move cross country or whatever and change their name. And it was funny to joke about, but really when I thought about it, I was like, that's awful because that kid is half you. That is your offspring. And I was like, there's something powerful about when you create another human, it's yours. And I, I don't fully understand this yet because I haven't have kids, but that you need to take responsibility for. Um, crap, 28 minutes. Uh, and I didn't even really touch the surface on what I wanted to talk about, but I think, I think, I think that's my, more my approach is attacking the culture and saying, because we've reached a point where it's, well, I can't afford this baby. I, you know, this is babies ruining my life and my career. And it's like, I, I do understand that, but I, but I don't, but ultimately it comes back to that point of contention. I believe this is murder. And those are not reasons to take a life. There are some reasons where I believe you are justified in taking a life. Very few and far between though. And then they're not light reasons. And those are what I would call light reasons because I will come back to and say this, you made choices. And I know you definitely, you should know the, understand the consequence, potential consequences of your choices and what they can amount to. And this is one of them. And it's very serious. It's, there's your, there's your, uh, there's at least 18 years committed right there to doing this. Now you can't put them up for adoption. And if that's the best route for you, that's the best route for you. But ending their life, I don't think so, particularly because I'll, I'll close with this from what I've seen, most every argument, ultimately, when you really break it down and get to the roots and get past all the wording and stuff, it's most of the time an argument from convenience. And I say convenience in the sense of, it's it derails you know their life plan and it says i want to have my plan so much so and so it's really coming from a selfish standpoint now however if you've had an abortion i will love you just the same as any other human but that being said uh the countdown is about to end and i don't want to record past 30 minutes so that's it for this time hope you enjoyed it let me know your thoughts